Hey, welcome back to a brand new episode of the Bible Reading and Coffee Drinking Podcast. Today, we're going to talk a little bit about Malachi 3 and 4, a book that most people probably haven't read or rarely ever visit. This is the end of the Old Testament that we want to talk about today, because I want to talk about a little bit about what the Jewish people thought 450 years before Christ showed up, uh, what they thought was going to happen, who they thought was coming, and what that day of judgment was going to look like. We're going to do a future episode on the birth of Christ and Christmas and celebrate that wholeheartedly next week. But today, we're going to kind of read the end of the Old Testament so we can set the stage for the coming of Christ, for the birth of Christ. So this is it. Let's read Malachi in 3 and 4 today. Let's talk about them. Let's go. All right, welcome back to a brand new episode, Bible Reading and Coffee Drinking. We're entering the Christmas season now. It's officially December, uh, as we talked about. Uh, we're going to do a Christmas episode, which is going to be great. Uh, then we'll take a little bit of time off in December, and then we'll get back with a brand new season in January. But today, before we get to the Christmas episode and before we celebrate the birth of Christ, what are we talking about today? We're talking about Malachi. The prophet Malachi wrote this small book at the end of the Old Testament, and this is the end of the scriptures, per se, for the Jewish people of the time. It was written about 450 years or so before Christ came. Uh, So that's important kind of context for you to understand what the people of the time, what God's people at the time were thinking was going to happen. So we're going to talk about the Day of Judgment, how they perceive the Day of Judgment, and then also the uh, you know who they thought was coming pretty soon, uh, and who the Lord told them was coming pretty soon. So this is an interesting kind of um, way to lead into the Christmas season, uh, kind of non traditional, but uh, it's uh, uh, it was on my heart. So I want to talk about it a little bit today to give some context uh, from the birth of Christ, uh, which is coming uh, in the next episode. So let's have a sip of coffee and we'll talk about that. We're going to start in Malachi three verse one for those reading along. Uh, and while I'm getting my glasses on, <clears throat> make sure you get go to livingchristian.org, which is my website. If you haven't checked it out yet, we've got a lot of Bible verses, Bible verse lists, blogs, videos. We have a store, apparel store, which we still have our Christmas sale going on now. You can see if you're watching this, uh, this t-shirt is on there. Uh, 20% off if you use the code CHRISTMAS. That ends on Wednesday. Sorry, guys, December the 6th. I've got to get those uh, orders out. I want to make sure everybody gets them by Christmas, and I appreciate everybody... <clears throat> excuse me, who have, uh, who, who've, uh, you know, purchased from the store over the last uh, few weeks during this Christmas sale. Uh, so we got tons of orders and we're getting them all out. Uh, and, uh, that'll go out. That'll end on Wednesday. All right. So let's talk about Malachi three and kind of lead into that. We're going to read, uh, just one and I'm going to put some context about what we're reading here. Okay. Uh, so Malachi three verse one, remember this is about 450 years, uh, before, Christ, okay, B.C. Look, I am sending my messenger, and he will prepare the way before me. Then the Lord you are seeking will suddenly come to his temple. The messenger of the covenant, whom you look for so eagerly, is surely coming, says the Lord of heaven's armies. Okay, who is speaking here? Uh, Now we know that it's Jesus, but who are they expecting to come? And as he says, I am sending my messenger, and they think that's going to be Elijah. And we're going to talk about that in Malachi 4 in a minute, who it actually was that came before Christ. Uh, So that's what we're talking about. He's kind of foretelling 
the coming of Jesus. He thinks he's foretelling the end of days and the day of judgment. But in reality, what God is saying is, hey, I'm going to send a messenger down and he's going to be preparing the way for me. So uh, we're going to talk about who that is. Uh, a little foreshadowing there in Malachi 4. So let's uh, uh, dip down into verse 6. I am the Lord, and I do not change. This is why you descendants of Jacob are not already destroyed. Ever since the days of your ancestors, you have scorned my decrees and failed to obey them. Now return to me, and I will return to you, says the Lord of heaven's armies. But you ask, how can we return if we never went away? Should people cheat God? Yet you have cheated me. This is God telling the Israelites, you have cheated me with your tithes and offerings due to me. So what is God saying to them right now? What he's saying to them is, you have failed me. You, I gave you all these laws in the Old Testament, right? <clears throat> all the laws of, uh, that Moses wrote in the, in the Ten Commandments, plus everything that was written in like the Levitical laws, Deuteronomy, all those laws and rules that the Israelites were trying to obey in order to earn favor with God and earn their way to heaven. This is what you had to do in order to be with God for eternity. <clears throat> so what has happened is God's coming to them and saying, hey, you've cheated me. You, you are not abiding by the laws. You're supposed to tithe. You're supposed to give offerings. You're supposed to give to me what is mine, and you have not done that. So what God is telling them is foreshadowing them is, you can't do this yourself. Uh, that, and there's a new way coming, which we'll get to next week. Uh, there's a new way coming in order to be with God for eternity. So let's dip down into 13. <clears throat> so this is, the, this is God talking. You have said terrible things about me, says the Lord. But you say, what do you mean? We have not said anything against you. You have said, what's the use of serving God? What have we gained by obeying his commands or by trying to show the Lord of heaven's armies that we are sorry for our sins? For now on, we will call the arrogant blessed. For, now, for those who do evil get rich, and those who dare God to punish them suffer no harm. Then those who feared the Lord spoke with each other, and the Lord listened to what they said. In his presence, a scroll of remembrance was written to, the rec to record the names of those who feared him and always thought, about the honor of his name. Verse 17, They will be my people, says the Lord of heaven's armies. On the day when I act in judgment, they will be my special treasure. I will spare them as a father spares an obedient child, as a father. Then you will again see the difference between righteous and the wicked, between those who serve God and those who not. So he's talking about the day of judgment, right? He's basically saying to them, Hey, you have failed me right? You are not abiding by the laws. You are cursing me. You are not tithing. You are speaking ill of me. But as a father loves his children, I will spare you. Verse, uh, let's go to chapter four. This is a short one. That's why I'm kind of doing a combination here. The Lord of heaven's army says the day of judgment is coming, burning like a furnace. On the day, the arrogant and the wicked will burn up like straw. They will be consumed, roots, branches, and all. But for you who fear my name, the Son of Righteousness will rise with healing in His wings. All right, I'm going to stop there for a second. So now we're turning to um, them talking, Malachi prophesizing 
about the coming day of judgment, the end of the world. The way they thought at the time was they had to abide by these laws and, and, uh, and rules, and God will judge them based on how good they did in their life, how much they were able to abide by the laws. But I love verse 2, and it says, But you... For you who fear my name, right, for those who fear God, for those who respect God, those who honor God, right, the Son of Righteousness will rise with healing in his wings. I love this verse, okay? And the way Malachi spells son is S-U-N. Who is he really talking about here, right? Who he's really? Who is the Son of Righteousness that will rise with healing on his wings, he will have the ability to heal that is referred to as the Son and who is righteous. We know this is Jesus Christ that he's talking about. He doesn't know it at the time, right? This is 450 years before Jesus, right? He is. He probably doesn't even necessarily understand what God is pushing through him, all right? Now, we're still in verse 2 here. And you will go free, leaping with joy like calves led out of a pasture on the day when I act, you will tread upon the wicked as if they were dust upon your feet, or under your feet, says the Lord of Heaven's army. So what he's saying is on the day of judgment, the end of the times, we'll call it, right? the Son of Righteousness will heal those, and what will happen? We will be free. We will go free, leaping with joy like calves let out to pasture. So think about it. And, and I, I grew up in the country, so this this is visually I understand what he's talking about with calves let out of a pasture. There are many times that this is kind of and this is a side note. Uh, there are many times that uh, we had cattle growing up at my grandparents' land, and we would bring them into the you know the area there and into the chute, and we would uh, tag their ears, or the vet would check them out, or whatever that may be, and maybe we brought them, maybe we transfer them to our land, to my grandparents' land, and this is kind of a weird anecdote, side note, but just to give you a visual understanding, is uh, uh, cattle, cows don't necessarily like to be uh, contained in small environments, and it's funny, we would take the cattle out to my grandparents, who had like 40 acres, and let them free, and when they went, got out of the trailer or whatever we had them captive you know, in at the moment, they would literally jump and, and leap and kick their back feet. You've probably seen like on a rodeo or something, these, these bulls kind of kicking their feet. Uh, but the, the cattle would do that out of excitement. They bounce around. Uh, they're kind of like big dogs a little bit. Uh, they get zoomies, if that makes sense, if you have pets. Uh, so I remember letting our cattle out, and they would be g jumping and leaping and running around uh, and being silly because they were so excited to be free. Uh, and that's the visual when I read that. That's the visual that I get because I've seen it. Uh, firsthand. So it's interesting having that visual and understanding that, you know, letting calves out to pasture where they're free to roam is how we're going to feel uh, when we are in heaven, right? Uh, on that day uh, when, uh, you know, we are blessed and uh, healed by the Son of Righteousness, uh, we are going to leap for joy and run around like calves. It's an interesting visual, uh, but it's going to be, you have to understand how exciting that's going to be and freeing, the feeling of being free of what that's going to be. All right, let's go to verse 4 and wrap this up. Remember to obey the law of Moses, my servant, all the decrees and regulations that I gave him on Mount Sinai, 
for all Israel. Okay, so this is one of the things that we've talked about in the past of, um, you know, not obey, not having to obey the law of Moses, not having to obey the Ten Commandments in order to get to heaven. Our path to heaven is through Jesus. Our path to heaven is the fact that if we believe and give our life to Christ, he He grants us freedom from those sins, right? Now, should we obey the law of Moses? Should we obey the Ten Commandments as Christians? Of course we should. Uh, we, should we don't do it to earn our way to heaven. We do it to respect God. God and to respect each other. Uh, you know, if you can see on my arm, I have Ma- a verse on Matthew, uh, which is, <clears throat> excuse me, the, the greatest commandment, which is love God with all your heart, your soul, and your mind, and love each other as you love yourself. So in the reality, if we do those things, if we love God and love each other so much, then of course we will and should uh, abide by the Ten Commandments and the Law of Moses. But for, for this context, uh, he says that He's uh, uh, commanding them to uh, remember to obey the law of Moses for all Israel. He's commanding the Israelites to do this. He's commanding the Jewish people to maintain that uh, kind of boundness to the law. Uh, And that's part of the reason why they don't understand the freedom that they get from Jesus. Okay? Um, And and we're going to get to five here in just a second. But I want to talk about a little bit about the differences, or at least in this context, the differences between the the Israelites and the Jewish people of the time and uh, us as Christians in the modern world. The Jewish people of the time thought that a a, a, a Savior was coming, right? A, a Messiah was coming to save them from Rome, a mighty warrior, as it talks about in the Old Testament. They were anticipating a, a messenger coming, right? Uh, as we talked about at the beginning of three, and we'll talk about exactly who that is in just a second, uh, they were expecting Elijah to come back, and then they were expecting the Messiah to come back to overthrow Rome and to free the land of Israel. And what they got in return was Jesus showed up and said, no, I'm much greater than that. I am not here to save you from Rome. I'm not here to free you from Rome. I'm here to free you from yourself. I'm here to free you from your sin, and believe in me, and you have freedom and eternity with God. You no longer are bound by the laws. So Jesus was not who they thought was coming. So it happened differently than what you know some of the Old Testament prophets had written. So let's read 5 and talk about that. Look, I am sending you the prophet Elijah before the great and dreadful day of the Lord arrives. His preaching will turn the hearts and fathers to their children, and the hearts of children to their fathers. Otherwise, I will come and strike the land with a curse. So they were anticipating uh, Elijah coming, okay? They were anticipating Elijah coming back to life, uh, and him being the messenger before this judgment, quite frankly. Um, So who do we know that uh, was Elijah really that came back? It's John the Baptist. Uh, Jesus talked about it. Actually, we... If you're following along in my, uh, you know, Christmas uh, 24 days of Luke, which I just started this morning on my Instagram stories, uh, we read Luke 1 today. And if you read Luke 1, it actually talks about the fact that uh, in the birth of John the Baptist and him being the Elijah in spirit. Uh, So if you haven't read that today, I would go ahead and read that. But it talks about the fact that he was Elijah in spirit. If that makes sense. So 
what happened was they thought Elijah was coming back to earth and who really came to foretell and prophesy and be the messenger was John the Baptist. So if they were had their eyes opened at the time, they would have realized that John the Baptist was paving the way for Jesus Christ to come. And that was what Malachi and other prophets were really talking about. Uh, and that's what we are talking about today, the fact that Jesus is coming. So if you go to uh, Luke 1, 17, I believe, yeah, he will be a man with the spirit and the power of Elijah. He will prepare the people for the coming of the Lord. He will turn the hearts of their fathers to their children. Sound familiar? And he will cause those who are rebellious to accept the wisdom of the godly. So he uses literally the, Luke literally uses the words of turning the hearts of fathers to their children that we just read at the end of Malachi. So it all ties together uh, and it all, you know, they don't understand, excuse me, they don't understand that Jesus is who's coming. And Elijah came through John the Baptist. So that is why we read the end of the Old Testament today. I am laying the groundwork for our next episode, which is going to be a Christmas episode. <clears throat> Last year we read Luke uh, a couple of chapters in Luke, probably one and two. Uh, I'm going to look at uh, over the weekend, see what we want to read on Monday uh, for our Christmas episode. I think we're going to read a little bit in the Old Testament, probably in Isaiah, obviously, and then read a little bit in Luke or Matthew. Uh, so that's what we're going to do on our Christmas episode, which is exciting. But if you read Malachi, if you read the Old Testament and those prophets, it ends, right? It ends talking about the coming of the Lord and a prophet, or I'm sorry, a messenger coming uh, to lay the groundwork. So it is laying the groundwork these, that the son of righteousness was coming. And uh, then all of a sudden you turn the page and you're into Matthew and it talks about the life of Jesus. So it does tie together, obviously. Uh, so that's what it's important for us to realize that as Christians, that not just to get too focused and only focused, <clears throat> excuse me, on the New Testament, which obviously is very important. We read the New Testament all the time. But the Old Testament, it's about Jesus as well. All right, uh, let's take a couple questions. I'll have a sip of coffee. And uh, if you have a question, if you're live here on Instagram, uh, hit that question mark on the bottom of your screen, and I'll answer a couple of questions, uh, whether it's about today's reading or, or whether it's about anything that you want to ask uh, I typically try to read, uh, you know, a handful of those and answer those as best I can. I don't have all the answers, guys, uh, but uh, I do the best I can. Uh, so as a reminder, uh, while we're waiting on the questions to come in, uh, have a sip of coffee, so you, excuse me. Uh, today's the last day, if you're live here, to donate to the Christmas Fund. If you're listening to this or watching this after today, uh, you know, just watch some videos that we're going to be posting on uh, Instagram about blessing those families. Uh, and make sure we got till next Wednesday to uh, guarantee Christmas delivery on our store. Uh, as we talked about, we got tons, we got over hundreds, we got hundreds of hoodies and t-shirts and hats. I've got so much stuff on there, guys. Uh, and I hope you guys love it, but uh, you can still get that through next Wednesday. Use the code Christmas to get 20% off. All right, let's uh, see what questions we have uh, today uh, on, uh, on the live, and then uh, we'll answer a couple. All right, uh, Vor4 Mind says, Horeb is at Mount Sinai. I believe so. I'm not sure what uh, translation you're using. Uh, so do we still follow, Zena says, do we still follow the teachings of the Old Testament? Absolutely. I mean, the, the, it, uh, we, we certainly need to read the Old Testament in context. 
We need to understand of who wrote those uh, chat or those books <clears throat> and why they wrote those books. But I'll say this: if you if you uh, read a lot of the Old Testament and the New Testament, in First John it talks about in the beginning was the Word, the Word was with God, the Word was God. Okay, and the capital W of the Word, which is translated, and quite frankly, he's talking about Jesus in First John. And if you go to and uh, Genesis one. It talks about how uh, humans, we, man, was made in our image. Uh, so what he's referring to is not a bunch of gods. What's re- what Moses and Genesis is writing about is the Trinity, Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. So the whole entire book, this 66 books of the Bible, is about Jesus. And once you understand that by reading the New Testament, uh, you can go back and read the Old Testament and have a different view in a different context. So, of course, it's still very important. Uh, you know, the rules, the laws of Moses, uh, honor thy father and mother, no, you know, do not murder, all the Ten Commandments. Of course, we need to abide by those, not because it earns us our way to heaven, because we do it to honor God and, and honor Jesus, okay? That's the reason why. So, yes, we do need to... Uh, um, you know, read the Old Testament and understand the Old Testament. But no, we don't have to abide by some of the Levitical priest laws, like not trimming your beard or wearing mixed fabrics or any of that stuff. That was uh, for a different uh, set of people, for sure. All right, next question. Um, How do you suggest Christians who are unmarried deal with temptation and manage sexual desire uh, since marriage seems to be the only Solution. Uh, great question. That's a tough one. I would say that's something I would say everybody deals with and, and has challenges with, quite frankly, um, regardless of whether you're uh, you know 16 or 76. If you're not married, um, if you're not married and you don't, uh, you know, you're going to deal with those things. And this world today, quite frankly, uh, just pushes sexuality uh, and uh, all that stuff in our face all day, every day. Commercials, ads, internet, social media, everything is sexualized, over-sexualized in today's world. So how do you battle that if you're not married? How do you battle that if you're waiting for marriage? Uh, and, and how do you uh, you know, push that temptation away? The devil, I would say, is going to try to, excuse me, try to use that weakness in you on a daily basis. First and foremost, my, own, my advice as a father would be, first and foremost, Try to eliminate those temptations as best you can. It's going to be challenging, right? The devil's going to use all those things to get that stuff in your face to cause you to have those desires and cause you to have those temptations. Uh, It is kind of a natural uh, way that is embedded in us. Uh, So first and foremost, try to eliminate some of that stuff. Unfollow some of social media accounts that may be posting those things. Maybe use a blocker. Do whatever you can to kind of uh, eliminate those temptations from your eyes. Uh, the bigger part, the, the more effective part, is going to be the fact that you've got to dive in and focus your life on Jesus, period. I name my platform here Living Christian because I'm trying to help myself and you live Christian seven days a week. And how do we do that? We've got to follow the right social media. We've got to listen to the right podcast and music. We've got to watch the right movies. We've got to read the right books. But more importantly, we've got to dive into our relationship with Christ. We've got to dive into our relationship, make sure we pray feverishly and never cease praying. 
Uh, You want to have that relationship with Jesus. The tighter your relationship with Jesus is, the easier it's going to be to push those temptations away. If you're living your life by prayer, in prayer, right, and surrounding yourselves with with Christian influences, with people and movies and everything around you, and you're listening to the right music, but more importantly, the two things you got to do is pray and dive into your Bible. Uh, And if you're reading your Bible consistently and you're praying consistently, that will help your relationship with God and have a closer relationship with Christ. Therefore, you will be able to battle those temptations easier. Uh, And as I'm saying that, I know it's easier said than done. I get it. But you've got to have that foundation in your life to where God is more important than those temptations. Uh, And that is my advice. It's hard. It's not always easy. And you're probably going to fail sometimes. Uh, but you, you've got to see where your priorities are. And, and sometimes uh, the closer you get to God, the harder the devil's going to fight because he's going to feel like he's losing you. And the more temptations are going to be around you, you're going to feel that. But I promise you, God will give you the strength to get through it. He will give you the strength to get past it and to reject those temptations. Okay. Uh, and I know it's not easy, but I'm telling you, my friend, focus on your relationship first, and the temptations will fade off into the noise of life, if that makes sense. Um, and you can, it, it's easier to avoid the noise uh, when you're laser-focused on your relationship with Christ. Hopefully that helps. All right, sip of coffee, and then uh, uh, let's, uh, let's go ahead and uh, say a quick prayer. All right? Dear Heavenly Father, Thank you so much for bringing us the word of Malachi today, Lord. This is probably a book that we overlook sometimes. I'm, I'm, I'm grateful and thankful that you put it on my heart and in front of our eyes today, Lord. We're listening to you. We're preparing our hearts uh, for the coming of Jesus. We're preparing our hearts for the Christmas season as we celebrate the birth of Christ, as we celebrate Jesus, more, more importantly. We're not going to get hung up on the details of the holidays and the uh, the greed and stuff that comes along with it and the uh, commercialization and the worldly view, we're going to focus on you, Lord, and I'm asking you to give us the strength. You're giving us the understanding and the wisdom today to understand that you were telling the world that Jesus was coming before, hundreds and hundreds of years before he came. Uh, and now we're here thousands of years later, uh, and we're promising uh, to focus on him during this season. We're focusing on you and you alone this season. We are celebrating you. We are so grateful that you came. We are so grateful that Jesus walked this earth and uh, saved us from our sins, and we're going to celebrate that in this upcoming Christmas season. We love you so much, Lord. We trust you with everything. We know that you're going to give us the strength to get through these temptations that people are having, that we're all having. We know we're going to give us the wisdom to understand what the Christmas season is really about. And we're th- we're grateful and thankful that we have you first in our life. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. All right, guys. Love you guys. Have a great weekend. Uh, thanks for joining me for this uh, kind of uh, uh, odd episode of uh, Malachi 3 and 4. But we'll dive into the Christmas season next week and talk about the birth of Christ. Uh, that's going to be a lot of fun. So until next time, keep Jesus on your heart and forever on your mind. Love you guys. See you all next week.